a good friend of mine. I realize we've known each other for like 20 years. Uh, we met at a conference in Minneapolis while he was at the vineyard and I wasn't and uh, have known each other that time and, and become good friends. Scott's also an author, Finding Divine Inspiration, The Creative Church Handbook, and also uh, a new CD just out called Fearless. It's a meditation with scripture, Scott speaking scripture, and Marvin Adams of I Hope uh, with music behind. I just listened to it for the first time last week. It really got me. Like, uh, it's my new CD in my car. It's it. That's what I listen to. So um, uh, more than all of that, if you don't mind me saying, Scott, Scott is a soul loved by God and gifted by God to release uh, a message to the church about the way that we collaborate with God. And so I'm really excited to have Scott here. Why don't you come forward? I'm going to pray for you, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My prayer won't be more than 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. Just put your hand out to, to Scott. Lord, thank you for this gift uh, of friendship. Thank you for um, Scott's, not just his gifting, but his being, that he is a soul loved by you and open to you. Holy Spirit, come and fill him and release the message that you have for us this morning, that we might fully know who, who you are, Lord, who we are and how we work together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see if my uh, microphone's on. Yes. So um, we, we sang uh, today, uh, God of Wonders Beyond Our Galaxy. Have you ever uh, like closed your eyes during worship and imagined maybe flying through the galaxies, through the planets? Or, or we sang, um, uh, you're the breath in my lungs. Have you ever imagined like, um, like you know, in, in Lion, Wish, and Wardrobe where Aslan, you know, breathes onto the statues and brings them to life. How many here would say that you have a, a pretty good imagination? Okay. How many would say that you have uh, probably an average imagination? Okay. How many would say that you think you have a weak imagination? It's okay. All right. Well, the news is that actually everybody in this room has a perfectly good imagination. And you use it. Many times every day. Uh, imagination is simply the ability to see and visualize pictures in your mind. You pull these pictures from your memory. You pull them from your experiences. Uh, Randy, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I breakfast. Did you eat breakfast this morning? Uh, a banana. A banana. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wow, that's, I was looking for more exciting than that. <laughs> it's an amazing banana. Okay. Unbelievable. How did that banana taste to you? I, oh, I, there was a little coffee involved. Was it fresh? Was it like a fresh oh, banana? Oh, it was good coffee. Okay, okay, the coffee and the... He's going right for the coffee then. You just used your imagination to imagine what the banana tastes like, what the coffee smelled like. That is, that is employing your imagination from memories and experiences, putting it all together. And you use your imagination to make choices. Say, uh, for the last couple of days, it's been unseasonably cool, right? So maybe you looked at the weather forecast today. I know I did to see what it was going to be like. It's going to be in the 80s, lower 80s. So you were thinking, um, I, I could get hot later on today, so I'd better wear something that I can be cool in, right? I mean, you, you pulled from your imagination to remember what it's like to be hot and uncomfortable, and you don't want to be like that, so you made your decision like that. You also use your imagination to, we can use our imagination to uh, 
think up things that that haven't happened or that are impossible. Like, uh, say, what? Imagine if there were an ice storm right now, a freezing ice storm outside. You walk outside; it's covered with ice. Your car's crusted in ice. You're freezing cold. Can you feel the chill? You're using your imagination. It's a gift from God. But even though every person does has has a perfectly good imagination, not all of us know how to develop it and to use it to connect with God, um, so that we can have a more meaningful experience experience with Him. Did you know that? Uh, actually, the reason, one of the main reasons why God created the imagination and gave us that gift was so that we could connect with him, so we could know him better. I don't think we talk about, about this enough. Uh, the thing that started me thinking about all this was uh, several months ago, um, Randy did a sermon where we did an exercise, and he asked us to imagine Jesus coming to us and then speaking something to us. And we took a few minutes and, and listened, and then he passed the microphone around the room. You guys remember that? Okay. And uh, I was I was sitting here listening to to the responses, and I started to notice that a lot of us, actually the majority of us, saw Jesus coming in a white robe, and kneeling before us and saying something. And and I started thinking, wow, that's like a really common thing. It's something that you see that you've seen like your whole life probably um, in Bible stories or in the Christian bookstore in pictures. Jesus in a white robe coming to us. And I started thinking. There, there, there may be other ways to visualize Jesus that could be more relatable to us. Are we having problems connecting with our imagination and connecting with God? And then I started thinking, is there something that we can do about this? Is, 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 is there some technique or something, something that we could use? The problem is that it's really cultural. Um, about 400 years ago, uh, the age of reason and science dawned in the world. And... Uh, the idea was that demonstrable processes and facts and things like that trump things that we can't that are mysterious things like the imagination so we need to focus on those real things instead of the things that we can't really quantify like our imagination and that's been the attitude for the last 400 years or so um, but for most of history actually the imagination was understood to be a common tool that you would use to comprehend reality for most of the existence of the world. And in fact, the biblical authors wrote from that perspective. And the age of science and reason came and told us that, no, that's not, imagination is, is not as important as knowledge and information. And in this context, really, Christians started believing that the imagination was actually dangerous and unspiritual. And uh, verses like Genesis 8:21, which says that the people before the flood were continually evil in their imaginations, or Proverbs 6:18 that says uh, God hates a heart that devises wicked imagination, or Paul's reference in Romans 1:21 to people who become vain in their imaginings get stuck in our those things get stuck in, in our minds. These scriptures, seen through the lens of this time when brain knowledge is elevated over everything else have been interpreted to mean that the imagination is actually too susceptible to evil influence and intention, and therefore it must be downplayed. And in reality, the biblical writers um, took it for granted that everybody knew that the imagination was a good gift from God. And that's why they mention it in, in the way that they did, because it would have been shocking to use your imagination 
in an evil way. So they understood that it was essential to our comprehension of life as a human. Um, Yeah, it could be misused for evil, but generally people knew that it was a good gift. Unfortunately, I'm afraid Christianity has at some point um, really abandoned the development of the imagination and uh, the redemption and sanctification of it for God's glory for fear of falling into sin. It's the classic baby out with the bathwater thing. But the fact is that uh, the verses that warn against misuse of the imagination are completely eclipsed by Scripture that acknowledges and recommends it. Um, So if you set aside for a minute the mistaken notion that uh, celebrating the imagination is foolish or carnal or indulgent in fantasy or a pathway to sin or uh, new agey, um, then let's take a look at the imagination uh, through the lens of the thought that it is a good thing from God. Did you know that many of the visions and dreams that the biblical figures had were not visible to those around them? They could only be seen by them in their imagination. In most cases, there was nothing that indicated that they were physical in, 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 in our realm. Uh, again, they were real. They were actually seen only in the mind's eye, their imagination, though. Like uh, when young Samuel heard the voice of the Lord three times while he's sleeping in, in the temple, his mentor uh, Eli, who'd been around things like that forever, could not hear it. And it was in Samuel's imagination. God was speaking in Samuel's imagination. Daniel says specifically in Daniel 10.7, and we're going to be working with Daniel for the whole next series, um, Courageous. Daniel said that he alone saw a particular uh, vision, and those with him, there were people with him who did not see it. It was revealed again in his imagination. He referred to other visions as having passed through his mind, including um, visions about Nebuchadnezzar. God activated and communicated through Daniel's imagination. In fact, uh, biblical prophets were known as seers. They would be able to see into the spiritual realm with their divinely activated imagination. John the Revelator was said to be in the spirit when he received the detailed and astounding vision of revelation none of it as far as we know actually happened physically he saw it in uh, in his spirit inspired imagination but it was and will be completely real when god told abraham that um, he uh, close to 100 years old would be a father of many nations he instructed him to walk outside and activated his imagination by saying look at the stars That's how many descendants you're going to have. Jesus said on a couple of occasions that um, actually what you see yourself doing in your imagination actually can trump what happens in the physical. He taught that if you didn't physically commit adultery, but you did in your imagination, that it was the same thing. Of course, that's not a license to just go and commit adultery because that would have catastrophic effects on you and everybody around you. But the fact is that Jesus is saying imagination is real and it has spiritual repercussions. The Bible is actually uh, adamant about the use of the imagination in our spiritual growth, right? Paul says we must 
fix our eyes on Jesus. Colossians 3, 2. Set our minds on things that are above. Hebrews 12, 1. In order to be, in order to be transformed. You must use your imagination to do those things. In fact, Jesus' main method of teaching, recorded over 30 times in the scripture, was the use of parables. Stories that activate and require the use of the imagination. So why all the emphasis on imagination in the Bible? Well, there's a few reasons. Um, but mainly because it's through the imagination that we really know that experiences become concrete for us. Information, which we value so much in our age, is not transformational. Information cannot transform us. Transformation comes from concrete experiences which get lodged in and recalled by our imagination, not from abstract information. For example, I knew in my mind, I had the information that Jesus loved me for many years. I got saved when I was nine years old. And I talk about this in Finding Divine Inspiration. But it wasn't until I had an experience with feeling the love of Jesus through an image that captured my imagination that that knowledge became real and concrete for me. And that changed everything. That experience became a memory that informed my imagination and brought personal reality to that uh, formerly abstract truth that Jesus loved me. It became con- concrete reality to me. In, uh, in his book, Seeing is Believing, uh, Greg Boyd, who's a pastor and an author out of uh, Minneapolis, makes the point that we Americans have believed that we need to read another book or go to another Bible study to be transformed. But what we really need is to experience God's touch in such a way that it becomes a memory that informs our imagination. Boyd says that um, we don't even typically think using abstract information. We think by imaginatively replicating reality in our minds. That's a pretty deep thought, huh? (laughs) He says that we don't actually even think using abstract information. We think by imaginatively replicating reality in our minds. That's how we process things. For instance, um, you may not know my wife. Pretend like you don't know her if you you do know her. Danielle. I can describe, describe her to you with abstract information. She's five foot three. She's blonde. She's beautiful. She, uh, she wears um, uh, black scrubs every day in her work as, a, as an esthetician. Otherwise, she dresses very sharply. Um, I can tell you that information. Uh, you might forget it later on. You might say, tell, tell me about your wife again. I can't remember. What did you say about your wife? But if you go and meet my wife, And you get to know her, you have an experience with her, that abstract information becomes concrete reality to you. And you'll be able to picture her in your imagination if you think of her. You'll really know what that abstract information means, and you won't even need to ask me any more about it. Because you've had an experience with her. 
That's kind of interesting, isn't it? We've been taught that um, by the culture that the imagination is about fantasy, it's about art, it's about, it's not real, it's not really real. Um, Phrases like, it's just my imagination, or um, I can only imagine. Uh, uh, By the way, I can only imagine, as as in uh, imagination is essential, we we use it every day. Um, That may be in the same category as um, all we can do is pray. I may have said that before. Unthinkingly. <clears throat> Difficult situation comes along. All we can do is pray. But wait, all we can do is pray? I mean, um, like there's something more powerful that we can do? <laughs> Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, believing you have received it, you will have it. Believing prayer is never a last resort or a consolation. It is the key. Following that thought a little bit further, what is believing prayer? The prayer of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence evidence of things not yet seen. Faith takes imagination. That's a key. Faith takes imagination. In faith, imagine the answer to your prayer as reality. Faith and imagination go hand in hand. In fact, Jesus may be the ultimate model for the use of the imagination in spiritual life and ministry. And you look at the verse. Very uh, very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. What he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. He saw what the Father was doing. His Father activated his imagination and gave him visions of what he was doing. God activated Jesus' imagination. Probably some beforehand as he was praying. Um, in his regular prayer times, and probably some as things were happening as he went along. Jesus is saying he didn't do anything in his, anything in his ministry until he saw his father do it in his imagination. Remember he called uh, the disciple Nathaniel? He said, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel freaked out. What if we um, were to, as Jesus did, Regularly ask God to show us in our imagination what he is doing in any given situation. Would it open the door to finally, as Jesus said, do actually greater works than he did? As I was praying about uh, this teaching, I felt like God was inviting us to let him do some things for us. As we uh, on through our imagination, so I want to do a little exercise here, and it's going to be kind of interactive. So uh, you can take a deep breath. I could go with an imagination thing right there. It's like breathe in God's peace, breathe out anxiety, 
How about that? Let's do that again. So here's, here's the exercise. Think of something that you've prayed for for a while for yourself. Maybe not much has been happening with it. Let's close your eyes for a minute. And imagine that thing, that situation that you've been praying for. Invite Jesus to be present in it. Just imagine him there. Now imagine the answer to your prayer, the solution to it, and Jesus in the middle of that. See the healing or the answer in the hands of Jesus actually bringing it to you. Don't judge what you're seeing unless it's destructive or negative. Just go with it. Imagine the situation you're praying for. Jesus bringing you the answer. Play it out in your imagination. Did you did you feel faith rising up in you? Are you doing that? What if you imagine an answer like that whenever you prayed for that request? Does anybody want to? Anybody have anything that they want to share that something happened to you? Okay, right now. I've been praying um, about selling my accounting practice. And so when you said to close my eyes, and, and, and it's been, I mean, God's been showing me some things, but I was at the closing. And you know how, like, when you sell your house or buy a house, there's a title company and a person that handles all the paperwork? Well, Jesus was, like, handling all the paperwork as people were signing things and handing me the contract and handing me a check. And just, you know, he was, like, the facilitator. So just seeing that. Like you said, just seeing that happen. Jesus, the closing agent. That's awesome. Anybody else? Over here. Thank you. Um, So this made me laugh. I have been convicted that I haven't been physically active lately, in a long, lately as in like the past five years, Uh, (laughs) other than carrying babies, and now they walk, so they don't need me. Um, And I was just, it just feels like one more thing, how do I figure out how to do that one more thing that I know is so important, and and equips me to do the work of the Lord if you don't feel physical. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. And I saw Jesus in a Zumba class with me, like just having fun. And then I saw him, like we were running hand in hand up a, like through a fun hike, not like ugh, going through the Alps or something, Randy. Um, but just fun. And he, it just, it, it took that thing, that anxiety off 
it's not another thing to fit in. It's another experience of him to enjoy that gets incorporated into daily life. So thanks for leading us in that. Anybody else? It's recently um, come to mind that I need to move again, and it's not been all that long since I've moved. And God just has been bringing me back to the same location and um, about a year out. But when I prayed for it this time, I saw the door, and he carried me over the threshold into the house, sat me down and said, now how are we going to decorate? Sweet. That is sweet. Wow. There's so many other exercises that we could do, but we don't have time for them this morning. Um, We'll catch up with those maybe some other time. But I do have one that uh, I want to um, ask you, encourage you to do at home during your prayer time there. Um, If you don't already have one, uh, I'd encourage you to ask God to give you a picture in your imagination of intimacy with him that's just for you this will change things for you so if you struggle with praying this can focus you Um, 20 years ago when I was going through my biggest crisis in, in my life God gave me a picture in my imagination that centered uh, the extended prayer times that I was having, and it was simply me laying on the ground, holding on to his feet. And that lasted for a while. And then he brought me to another picture, and that was me like sitting in his lap, uh, leaning against his chest. And la- that lasted for a while, and I was able to focus on that. And then, um, uh, quite unexpectedly, surprisingly, um, he gave me a, a, a different picture, and uh, and it was a newer one. And it, actually, it's the artwork that's out there in the front as you come in um, of the father holding the prodigal son's face really close. And that changed a lot of things for me. Um, he used that to communicate the truth um, of his love, and that's what I mentioned earlier, um, to me, finally. And... He may give you a picture right when you ask for it, or he may um, just surprise you with something as you're going along. The point is uh, that a picture of from God in your imagination of an intimate relationship with him will foster healing, growth, and intimacy in your life. And, uh, obviously, there's so many applications for the imagination enriching our spiritual life and uh I could go on and on about them, but, um, okay, here's a question that you don't usually hear asked in church. <clears throat> Do you ever feel beer- bored during worship? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but um, it's probably, and, and there's somebody next to you going, whoa, and you're going, <laughs> your mind's wandering. <laughs> it's probably because your imagination has not been activated and really involved in, in, in the worship. So uh, that's something that I would encourage you to ask God to do, to activate your imagination. Visualize things described in the lyrics. See yourself in an intimate place with him there. You might even try um, acting out, like when the song says, Heaven meets earth like a, 
earth like a sloppy wet kiss, then just lean over and give a sloppy wet kiss to your... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that would bring abstract information to concrete reality. (laughs) Seriously, um, what's in your imagination actually determines how you approach life. If you are fearful or worrying or full of anxiety, then something has become lodged in your imagination that has influenced you. It's influencing that. It may be a memory. It may be an experience. But here's the truth. Fear, anxiety, and worry is a misuse of the imagination. It's rooted in the improper use of your imagination. The proper use of the imagination is focusing on whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4.8. Randy mentioned the fearless CD that uh, earlier, and uh, I felt like God was calling me to make an audio CD uh, to combat fear and anxiety and worry. And that's what we make, fearless. And then uh, uh, Marvin Adams played his original anointed composition along with it in one take. And um, you can check that out if you're struggling with that. But it's not enough to really use our imagination to encounter God. We must also protect it. Um, What you allow in will affect what comes out of it. And that will affect how you live your life. So um, I've been thinking of the imagination as like having a pantry, like you have a pantry in your imagination. You you know uh, you have, like have a pantry at home like this. Maybe I'm sure you all have a fabulous pantry like that. <laughs> I have an old house and I don't have a pantry like that, but I do in my imagination. Um, so you stock in your house, you stock your pantry with ingredients that you can cook things up with, right? You go in there and grab things, make things that will nourish you and your family. You're limited to making things that use the ingredients that you have in there and in your refrigerator, right? In your refrigerator. Um, So if my imagination has a pantry stocked with the ingredients of good and right and true and all those things on the shelves in there, then I can whip up a a positive faith-filled imagination concoction with those things. But if you don't keep the good and right and true stocked in your imagination on those shelves, then you won't be able to draw from it. Worse, if you add toxic things to those shelves, that will be the stuff that you'll have to work with when your imagination needs ingredients. You wouldn't put toxins or poisons in your pantry at home, right? They might even contaminate the good stuff that's in there. So don't allow toxins and poisons in the pantry of your imagination. Um, Have you ever had a prayer time? You're in your prayer time and all of a sudden uh, it's being invaded by scenes from the TV series that you binge watched the night before. (laughs) Your imagination is trying to encounter God, but it's pulling one ingredient it has on the shelves. (laughs) Um, I think we shouldn't consider if um, we're letting unhealthy ingredients in in the name of entertainment. 
Oh, that's a big one. Uh, here's, a, here's a question, though. Could bad ingredients be holding back some wonderful concoctions that God wants to release to the world through your imagination? Obviously, there's so much more to this, but um, uh, some practical things before I close. Um, I talked about the exercise that, uh, that um, Randy did at the beginning um, of uh, asking us to picture Jesus and us seeing similar things. Jesus in, in the white robe, uh, the same image we've seen for, for years. So I want to encourage you to add godly visual images to your imagination pantry. Stock your shelves with those things. Add some to them. It will give God more to work with in your encounters with him. Um, there's actually an astounding amount of good Christ-centered, good quality art in existence that a lot of people don't know about um, that could be a great tool to expand your imagination pantry. Uh, I suggest going to, uh, there's a website called artway.eu. If you go there on their their homepage, it says uh, visual meditations. You can actually get on their mailing list where they send these things to you on a regular basis. And it's cool because it shows you a picture and um, a real high-quality painting that might be abstract, might be something that you're not used to seeing, uh, depicting a, something biblical or a, a concept. And then a person who knows a lot about art and interpreting it writes a few paragraphs about what that means. And so you have the opportunity to look at it and go, oh, wow, that's what that means. I see that thing there. And now, oh, wow. So it helps expand your imagination. Um, also, uh, we have a lot of art, obviously, around the church. We are, we, we're an art church, kind of. <laughs> so we're always changing it. We've got uh, a new gallery up today, actually. We're trying to change our gallery every three months. The new gallery is Courage to coincide with Randy's series that's coming up. Um, also, poetry has been known. Did you know this? Poetry has been proven to expand the imagination because it makes your thoughts go in different places. So a good place to start with that would be Gerard Manning Hopkins. You guys know him? God's grandeur? It'll blow your mind. It's great stuff. Um, also, uh, I, just a couple of weeks ago, Jane Gooder talked about what she learned at the Creative Church Conference about uh, drawing things that God had shown you. Was that a dream that you had? She had a dream, and she she drew what she saw, which was was it a was it a, it was a church? Okay. She didn't know where it was. She just set it aside. She's like, "That's great," you know. And it, God just showed her something. Later, they're getting ready for their sabbatical. They just came back from, and they're looking online for places to go. They see a picture that looks exactly like that church. So, you guys, anybody not heard this story? Just to, okay. Um, <coughs> So, so they went there, they booked it, they went there, and uh, God just gave them a, a great, fun, joyous, affirming, refreshing time. And it became uh, just another thing that God was saying to them, I love you, here's something extravagant for you. Talk about a picture, uh, something abstract becoming concrete. That happened for them. Now, one of the exciting ministries that we have here at the church is called Personal Prayer Art, where our artists uh, ask God to activate their imagination, and then they give you 
a picture. They ask God for a picture that is personally for you. Who hasn't had personal prayer art here, I wonder? A few people. A lot of you have had it. How many have had personal prayer art? Awesome. Great. We're making some headway there. That's awesome. Um, As you know, it can be a really powerful thing, and it gives you something to take away and inform your imagination and your faith, and and, and for years to come. And and sometimes I could tell you all kinds of stories about, about how that's affected me and others. We're offering personal prayer art today after both of the services. Um, you just go to the table over here where it says prophetic art. Um, that's, this is an out, outreach of IVAC, which is our Indie Vineyard Arts Community. It meets twice a month. If you don't know about that, there's some information out there. Uh, my ministry focus is um, I have a nonprofit called the New Renaissance Arts Movement, and I, I write books and things that God compels me to write and won't let me not write. And... Sometimes it's it's painful, but it's getting less painful. But um, my focus is uh, to enable people to release creativity, imagination, and the arts in order to share God's love with the world and to show people how to collaborate with God. Um, Danielle's out in the lobby. She's got some of the books out there. The Fearless CD is out there. We're going to have a new Courage CD next week with um, Courage Scriptures and Marvin's music again. Um, and then also I'm going to be hosting a, a one-day workshop called this Discovering the Joy of Creative Collaboration with God on September 23rd here at the church. And uh, you can sign up for that at Daniel's table today if you want. So I'd like to do a little activation thing with us. So if you, if you guys want to stand for a minute. And I'm not exactly sure how this is going to go because I've been praying about it. I haven't gotten a specific yet. But um, and I'm also going to have the ministry team come up after this too. But I think, I, I think um, God's, God just wanted to open our mind a little bit to some of the possibilities of how he could use that gift of imagination that he's given to us. And uh, I think we all want more of that. So to be able to ca- encounter him even more. So um, if we could just extend our hands out for a second. And I want you to imagine in your mind also um, Hebrews says that there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, right? So, right now just imagine the heavens open up and you see this great cloud of witnesses cheering you on saying, "Yes, God wants to reveal some stuff in and through and to you." So, they're cheer they're cheering us on. So, Lord, right now, we just want we want what you have for us. We want you to open our imagination up, to activate it, Lord, to sweep away the fear that we have, the fear that's, that's come on us, that the things that, that, that want to control our imagination instead of uh, redeeming it and, and turning it for your glory. So right now we give those things to you. And we just ask that you would activate us to become more imaginative Christians, to be able to collaborate with you more freely. And build our faith through that. And everybody said, Amen, right? So if you have, I felt like if there, if you have a problem and you feel, you still feel like there's some things that maybe you need to break through, some fear or something like, some, some experiences or something like that that are holding you back from really, God really activating your imagination, you being able to encounter Him through that. 
Um, the ministry team is going to be up here, and they're going to pray for you about that so we can get that taken care of today. And then also, there's personal prayer over there. God bless you and give you peace in the name of Jesus.